And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live here on this Wednesday. Casey Justler here with Coach Brian Co- Coach Brian Colley. I hope everybody has had a wonderful uh, little break here. I know we had Mardi Gras yesterday. A lot of folks were off from work and were enjoying themselves, going to the parades, all that good stuff. Hope everybody had a wonderful time with that. Um, and in the next segment of the show, we will talk some high school basketball with Coach Brody Williams of the South Lafouche Tarpons. He'll be joining us at 1145. At 1215, we've got maybe a slightly hungover, but, you know, still ready to talk some sports. Taylor Griffin, I saw the turtle was on the float yesterday and uh, looked like he was having a pretty good time. Well, we'll have Taylor on at 1215. Slightly. <laughs> yeah, um, we'll, we'll yeah. see. We'll see when we get him on. Um, Before we get into the high school scoreboard, because on Monday we had a bunch of games, and then tonight we got a bunch of games, and we'll tell you about all that stuff. Man, I don't like to tell y'all what to do. Y'all know me. This is not a show where we talk about politics. This is not a show where we talk about really a whole lot of controversial stuff other than sports. But I got a challenge for you guys today. Today's Ash Wednesday. There are a lot of people of the Catholic faith in Southeast Louisiana. Um, my challenge to you all is I got asked this a million times already since the day started. Hey, what you giving up for Lent, bro? I'm not giving up anything for Lent. What I'm going to do instead is I'm making a vow during the Lenten season. I'm waking up at 8 a.m. every day. And if anybody who knows me knows that's a chore for me, I usually wake up at 11 a.m. every day. And what I'm going to do is from 8 to 11, I'm going to get some work done. I'm going to be more productive because at the end of the day, if the person that we are believing in Um, while making these sacrifices would probably rather us be productive and be more wholesome as individuals than they, than he cares about whether or not we eat a chocolate candy bar. Um, so instead, and if you're giving something up, I'm not hating on that. I'm not criticizing that at all, but to those who struggle doing those sorts of things, it is also okay to just work on self-development and just be better, be nicer. Because a lot of those things, Coach, matter a whole lot more than whether or not you're eating candy, whether or not you're eating potato chips, or whether or not you're drinking soft drinks. Be a better person. That's what I'm trying to do during the Lenten season, and I hope people join me in that endeavor. You getting up at 8 a.m.? 8 a.m. I did it today. Hell, I was extremely productive. Got a bunch of stuff done. I'm usually running in here. I got here a little earlier today. Yeah, I've been up since 8. Now, you're getting, like, work done. This is not like a... Uh... I guess a health kick or oh, to, like, today I got work done, but in the future I'm going to be going out and walking and yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to yeah. all, all around. Um, I'm going to use the three hours productively as opposed to waking up at 11 and running over here with my bed hair still well, and toothbrush hanging a, out of my mouth. A fast walk. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, But well, hey, hey, in the next couple of weeks you might be running. Progress, not perfection. Monday. We had a bunch of games around the area and beyond on the boys' basketball side, which have big playoff implications. East St. John needed to beat Destrehan. Well, they did. They got a 69-49. to 49. By the way, these are all boys' results because the girls are awaiting the playoffs, which begin tomorrow. East St. John got a 69-49 to 49 win over Destrehan. No surprises. Good win for East St. John. Um tell you about Hanville and Central in just a second they're playing today Terrebonne and Thibodeau are playing today Ellender gets a 45 to 37 win against South Lafouche frustrating game for coach Brody Williams and his team it felt like they had so many opportunities just struggled to score 
um, struggled on the defensive glass, were giving up extra chances and extra opportunities. And you and I mentioned this a couple times during the broadcast because you were able to hear that game right here on KLEB. Just was a game that really didn't have a whole lot of vibe about it. It was kind of flat. The gym was not very full. It was during the day. Like both teams felt kind of heavy legged. But give credit to Ellender in the second half and in winning time, they made things happen. They get a win that catapulted them from outside of the top 28 in Division II non select to inside of the top 28 in Division II non select. Now, it's very simple. If they beat Lutcher on Friday, they are 100% in. If they lose to Lutcher on Friday, it's going to be a number-crunching math game for them, but they had to win against South Lafouche, and they did. Kudos to Cornell and his team, and South Lafouche, man, just looked uncomfortable at times. They had plenty of chances, just couldn't take full advantage. Yeah, it, it was. we talked about it during the broadcast, kind of a just a crazy game, the vibe to it, just like you just mentioned. This wasn't there. I mean, both teams – Ellender had a lot to play for, and they kind of came out at times kind of didn't want to be there. But I think a big, big difference in the game, points in the paint. Ellender had 34. Oh, how many for the guys in blue? 22. Yeah, you see, the way the Tarpons roster is made with all them big kids, yeah, you can't get outscored in the paint, man. That, that, that's just not feasible for them. That, you give up 45 and 34 in the paint. I see one there that stands out to me. 21 points off of turnovers to eight. Ellender was taking those turnovers and jamming them down their throat at the other end. Yeah, and, and a big thing, what what I look at is the uh, the free throws. Uh, the Tarpons were three or four. Ellender made more than seven. Who's took? Yep, seven or 15. And, again, it's been consistent. That the Tarpons don't get to the line a whole bunch. And uh, they're three-point. They were 4 of 18. Ellender didn't make a single three. Wow. 0 of 4 from, from distance. Good on them for knowing that they don't shoot it all that well and only attempting four of them. Uh, but, yeah, the Patriots got a big win. You think they're going to beat Lutcher on Friday, man? We've seen both teams. I think it's going to be a really good game. I, I just think Lutcher's size could, could be the difference in that game. Yeah. It, look, I tell you this, bro. We look at these numbers and we study the math and – if Ellender loses, they could still maybe get in, but my God, it's, it's going to be, be really, really close. Um, so, yeah, that one will be a huge game on Friday. Vanderbilt Catholic moved one step closer to an outright district championship, getting a 72-31 to win against Assumption. The Terriers are the best team in our local 4A district, and they roll past Assumption without any issues. In 3A, we had Donaldsonville was scheduled to play Patterson. It says postponed. I'd imagine they're playing today. Uh, St. James and Berwick, the same. It says postponed there on that one. Um, we had Central Catholic of Morgan City and CCA play on Monday. Let me make sure I pull those up. That, that Those are actually on the Monday part of the LHSA website. Uh, Central Catholic lost a tough one to Vermilion Catholic, I believe. Yeah, 65-60. to 60. Coach Case was telling me that they were down 20-plus points at halftime, battled all the way back, chipped away, chipped away, chipped away, lost at the end, 65-60. to 60. So it's a district loss for the Eagles. And then CCA gets a district win, 53-37 to 37 against Generet. So um, mixed results there for our local 1A schools. Uh, Covenant Christian, man, it's crazy to think with what they have sitting out right now to know that they are currently 20-9. and nine. You have a 20-win season. 
and you got two, three starters who are not even eligible to play yet. Coach Troy Jackson is sitting on a pot of gold over there, man. CCA is going to be one of those teams next year. It's going to take a huge leap forward. Yeah, they're gonna they're doing well this year. Next year with the guys coming up, uh, just waiting It's going to be a a big uh, big season for them. But Casey, going back watching some of that Vanderbilt Lutcher uh, game, mm-hmm. Lutcher jumped out the thirteen to two lead on them. Wow, I see that on the board, good, and then they still got blasted. <laughs> I'm like, was that this year's game or last year's game? Because see, that's the thing, man. And Leon says this often. How many times has he come on with us and said, oh, my starters didn't bring the energy. We had to bring in a fresh five or whatever. That second group often is the group that gets them going. I see on the video you're watching there, Miles Vickner just made a three-pointer. Yeah, they've got so much depth, man. But I think that for the Tarpons, that's going to be huge on Friday. This is a team that historically does start slow at times. you got to jump on them early because if they jump on you early, you're in for a long, long day. And that Friday night game, Tarpons – you're playing to win a game, you know, to finish your season on a positive note, senior night. Uh, you're going against one of the better teams in the area. Uh, it's going to be a challenge, and you're going to have to, uh, you know, you had a chance, and you again, you get a chance to get 10 wins. Mm-hmm. But your better shot at getting it was against Ellender. Oh, for sure. And uh, you really weren't up for that game. So Friday is going to, is going to, We'll see if the Tarpons can come out ready to play. It's going to be a challenge. Central Lafouche hosting Hanville tonight. The Trojans have sunk to number 28 in the Division I non-select power rankings. What does that mean? That means that if the playoffs started today, they would be the last team in. They have a .19 power point advantage over number 30, or excuse me, over number 29, North Shore. They have a two-tenths of a power point advantage over number 30, Hammond. If you're Central Lafouche, you're trying to find a way to get some wins down the stretch. You are also rooting against North Shore, who, let's see, North Shore has an out-of-state opponent that they played recently that, that, that they won. They've got one regular season game left on Friday against Warren Easton. Probably wouldn't be favored to win that game. Now let's go see Hammond. Hammond has completed their regular season. So if Central Lafouche wins one of the next two, I think they'll be in, but... It's going to be really, really close. You got Hammond, who's two-tenths of a point behind you. They're done. North Shore has a game. They're probably not going to win against Warren Easton. But but if they do, you're you're in a bind. They're, um, they're playing to get in. It's, it's going to be th- – th- this mathematical thing there with Central Lafouche is the most fascinating one to watch because you've got two great opportunities to earn a bunch of points. Hanville has 18 wins. H.L. Bourgeois has 21 wins. You could potentially play yourself in. You could potentially play yourself out. I can't imagine the pressure on those young men, especially with such that big senior group. But, Coach, we saw Hanville last week against H.L. Bourgeois. They're not above not playing well and getting beat tonight. They're kind of streaky. I'd be curious to see if the Trojans could kind of try to slow them down. I know the first time the teams played, Hanville blasted them. It was 86-59. to um, but I think the Trojans could do some things to make them uncomfortable in their home gym tonight. Yeah, this, this is their shot. Cause, uh, and look, they can go Friday at Bourgeois, but Bourgeois is having an alumni night. They're going to pack the gym. It should be a crazy uh, environment. HL is going to want to win to get momentum going into the playoffs. Central is going to want to maybe have to win to get in. Uh, but 
you're right. Tonight, Sancho uh, is going to have to find a way to slow down Hornville on the boards and can't turn the ball over. And yep. if they can get Hornville to turn the ball over and Central get in transition, it could be a very uh, good game tonight. How, how do you emotionally get the kids to buy in and believe in themselves whenever you play the team once and they beat you by 30? Obviously, it's the human inclination of, oh, man, this is going to be hard for us to do. But on the flip side, you know how basketball works. You know, East St. John beat Terrebonne by 30, then Terrebonne beat them the next game. Like, how do you make sure that the kids are understanding, hey, what happened there a couple weeks ago doesn't mean crap tonight? It starts film. You watch film with your team and say, listen, look what happened this last game. We did this wrong. You know, they did this to us. We're going to counter and we're going to do this. And kind of game plan and make some adjustments and – you're right, your team has to buy in. But I think it starts with film, watching that game, and look, we're better. We're going to make these adjustments. We're our home court tonight and see what happens from there. There we go. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to Coach Brody Williams. We'll ask him about the way his team played on Monday against Ellender and also preview the matchup with Vanderbilt Catholic on Friday, a game you'll be able to hear right here on KLEB. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. Remember, water safety isn't just for the summer months. Water safety is a year-long commitment to our family and friends as well as our community. A few safety tips to remember. Be mindful of children when there is any water around, whether it be pools, ponds, lakes, bathtubs, or the bayou. Keep all bodies of water secure with fences, gates, and covers when not in use. Drowning does not discriminate. It happens to people of every age and swimming ability. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from the Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. Since we were little, we've been inseparable, but vaping felt different. She tried it because I did, but when I stopped, she kept using it. Now I wish we never vaped. It feels like it's my fault she's hooked. Sharing vapes means sharing addiction. Learn more at BehindTheHazeLA.com. Sponsored by Louisiana Department of Justice. Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacy staff are trained in finding the lowest cost available on your medication. Stop by with your prescriptions or medicine bottles and let one of us review your options with you. With two convenient locations to serve you, we're located in Rouse's Supermarket, Highway 3235 in La Rose, or at Lady of the Sea Medical Clinic in Cutoff. Our staff available Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturdays 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. We treat you like family at Lady of the Sea. Golden Motors has your next car, truck, or SUV waiting for you with big savings. Savings like 3.9% APR for 60 months on select models. Or take $10,000 off MSRP on a 2023 Chevy Silverado RST Z71. Yep, $10,000 off. Come in today to take advantage of big savings at Golden Motors. Price is priority. Chevy, together, let's drive. Wrestling has more than one royal family. And welcome back to Play by Play here on this Wednesday. It's Wednesday, which means it's time to take a trip out to South Lafouche High School and have boys basketball coach, Coach Brody Williams, on the line. Coach, good afternoon, buddy. How are we doing today? Doing good, Casey. How y'all doing? Good, good. We last saw you on Monday night at Terrebonne High School taking on Ellender. 
it was a had to be a frustrating night for you guys. You guys had some chances, just couldn't quite string together enough offense, and you fall 45 to 37. What were some things that you saw in that game watching it from the sideline? Yeah, you know, they play like a matchup zone that's tough to go against, and they, they do it well. They, you know, they cover a lot of ground, they're quick, they're good at anticipating. And, uh, you know, they just kind of caused to turn the ball over a lot and couldn't get quality, quality shots. Um, you know, still had a chance at the end to win it uh, or to tie it. Um, you know, I thought we played well, but uh, defensively, but offensively, we struggled to score. Um, you know, we couldn't get much transition game going. You know, you don't want to run too much against Allender, and and then the half court, we just struggled to get the ball in good spots. Um, you know, near the rim to score. And I think part of it, too, we didn't rebound as well as we have in some games in the past on the offensive side. So, um, they, you know, but hats off to them. They played their, their matchup zone, their defense very well. And looking back on film, watching the film, I knew going into the game we'd have trouble because they give a lot of teams fits with that, uh, with that matchup zone. So, Coach, they out-rebounded you by 10. They outscored you in the paint by 12. How do you? I mean, this is a makeup of your roster that can't happen. How do you make sure that you know going into the final game and then also into next season that things like that are not happening down low? You're playing a bunch of big guys. Those guys got to hold their own a little better than that. Yeah, we got to work with them in the off season. You know, in the weight room, get them stronger, and uh, we got to you know stress it more that you know, especially on the weak side, he's probably rebounding. and we got to make sure that we. Uh, we attacking, um, we attacking more. When we get the ball in the paint, stop putting it on the floor. Or looking to pass out, go attack the rim. And, uh, you know, finish some good shots inside and, and be more aggressive and, and a little and we'll play a little harder than we did. Coach, I noticed that you guys got Dardar out of the game pretty early and then never were able to get him back in. Was that a, a discipline issue, or you just didn't like the matchup? Talk us through that decision. Yeah, it was a. Uh, a little bit of a discipline thing, and and I thought it, you know his body language wasn't very good. And he made a, a comment on the bench, but we we passed that. You know, we he understands, and we all good going forward. So it was just for that game, something that was said, and then uh, uh, the kind of that's kind of why he sat out the rest of the half. All right, I got you, man. Uh, look, you guys are taking on Vanderbilt Catholic. They're incredibly good. They've got guard play. They've got shooters and. How do you try to slow them down is the million-dollar question everybody's been asking. How do you guys try to slow them down on Friday? We've got to control the tempo of the game. Um, you know, Offensively, we got to limit their possessions. If they, they don't have the ball, then they can't score. And then on defense, we just got to make sure that we play sound and we, we play discipline enough where we force them to take a have to make a quality shot or, or a shot from the outside and I had to give them easy looks at the basket. Um, you know, trying to switch up things. I want to keep them off balance. You know, it's going to be, you know, we it's no secret we're a huge underdog. Nobody gives us a shot. Um, one of the better teams in the state. So you're going to have to do things a little maybe unorthodox or, you know, things that are a little different than what most conventional basketball says. Maybe uh, trying to compete and get a victory. Coach, you mentioned uh, Ellender's um... – Matchup zone. How do you go and attack these matchup zones? Because that a lot of times that could be a, a tricky uh, thing to do attacking these matchup zones. Yeah, so like 
in the past we've played them and we look this season and you know if you run your zone stuff and you're not getting a whole lot of movement they just kind of match up with you and it makes it hard because they denying passes to the wing and you're forced to kind of dribble a lot so uh, we we try to run our man stuff against it or you know our, our motion a lot of movement cutting you know we had open looks uh, you know when we screen away like we always everybody you know knows we screen away and we curl but instead of curling because they were switching we were trying to get a uh, you know, a slip to the basket or a, a, a roll to the basket from the screener. And we had some open looks. We just, they so long, it takes so much space. They were anticipating it. We are, we, the passer, we didn't see it until we were doing fast enough or we would get it there and they would collapse on us and steal it or get a block shot or whatever it may be. And then we just tried to throw some more movement at them and then, you know, try to attack the gaps on the dribble to make two people guard one. Um, but I mean, they they were just very athletic, and they they took us out of our game for sure. Coach, it is a small senior group this year. Just got a couple uh, with with Jarvis and and Alamont. Tell us about what those kids mean to you, man. I know you've been with them throughout their whole careers, either as a head coach or an assistant coach. Saying goodbye to two on Friday, I'm sure that's always a very difficult thing. Oh yeah, they uh, you know I have a lot of respect for both of those kids and the he's not. Uh, everybody knows he's one of the smallest guys in the court. He plays with a lot of heart and he plays with a lot of energy. And, um, you know, defensively, uh, sometimes it's hard to get him out of the game because he does some good things defensively. Uh, and same thing with Jarvis. He, he, he's the definition of sacrifice your body for the team. He'll take charges, he'll dive on the floor, you know, kind of reckless abandonment. And, uh, you know, I can't say enough about both of them. They've had great attitudes all year, they've been team players. And, um, you know, they, they, they're gonna know, or hopefully, or try to tell seniors when they leave is, whatever you do, you know, and if we have success later on down the road, that's, uh, you know, you're a part of that too because you went through it and you, you know, you helped set the foundation and then the example for the younger guys. So, um, super proud of them and uh, gonna be sad after you know our last game on Friday to say goodbye to them. Coach, what are some of your goals for the offseason? Because it's one thing to say, all right, well, we got a, a whole lot of guys back. And you do. You're going to have your core back by and large. But you also know this. I mean, if habits and different things don't change, then you're going to just still be in the same position next year. Just everybody's going to be a year older. How important is it that you guys attack this offseason and make some big strides and get those kids stronger or whatever it is y'all trying to do? Yeah, definitely want to get them stronger. It's super important to like you said, not only get them stronger, but uh, hopefully we can get into the gym a lot more. Now that we kind of, you know, we're in a normal routine now. Last year was a little weird. We just got the gym back, and this year was a little bit different because a lot of new people. But, you know, I think just that chemistry is going to be if we get each other in the gym. And, I look, people are playing other sports, but um, if we could get, you know, get to the gym, get some time to shoot, I think, you know, this season, I think I look at the stats, I forget, but we didn't shoot the ball very well. Our goal percentage is, is not the best. And I think uh, we need to get in the gym, shoot, get our, you know, get get the get our uh, shots, our feeling for our shots, and, uh, you know, we need to get in the weight room for sure and get stronger. There you go. Thanks so much for the time, buddy. We'll see you on Friday. All right, Casey. Appreciate it. See you Yep. This is Coach Brody Williams with the South Lafouche boys basketball team. They've got a big task on Friday trying to slow down Vanderbilt. Nothing, something that no one in the district has been able to do so far. Uh, it's senior night. 
Uh, you got Jarvis and Alamo will be there playing their final high school basketball games. Should be an emotional night. It's an uphill climb, but man, you ain't got anything to lose. You're you're not going to the playoffs either way. Uh, just throw caution to the wind and go try to give them hell, man. Yeah, and sometimes the Tarpons play better when they uh, when they take that uh, approach to the game. Just go out and play, and that's what they got to do on Friday. And Coach Brody's right. I mean, not many people are, are uh, giving him a shot, but who knows? You play the game, you have them at home. Uh, you never know. You never know. That's why you play the game. And uh, Terry's made – their challenge is they can't look ahead to the playoffs. And, and they're trying to hold on to a seed, so they do have some incentive to come out and try to finish strong. Yeah, you're right. It'd be very interesting to see what their mindset is going into this game. Yeah, they got, they're going to have to be ready to play, no doubt. You on the road? <laughs> Never know. How important – and I asked that question last to Brody. How important is the offseason after a losing season? Um, usually – the coaches will come on here and say, ah, you know, over the summer, ah, I don't care. We're going to just play everybody and we're going to get better and blah, 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 blah. I really believe that Coach Brody this summer is going to, or should rather, approach the summer a little bit differently. I know you want to build depth and I know you want to play everybody and I still would do some of that stuff, but there would be some games over the summer where I'm saying, you know what, I'm playing my dudes and I'm going to teach my dudes how to win um, because that's been a big bugaboo this year. Tarpons have been close so many times and have had such a hard time closing out games. I look at Central Lafouche, lost it close. Willow School, lost on the buzzer. Homa Christian, lost close. Lutcher, lost close. Ellender, lost close. Over the summer, I'm getting my kids in together, and when there's five, six minutes left in them summer games, I'm going all out and trying to teach these kids how to win. Yeah, exactly. Do not fall into the trap where, oh, we have, we're only losing two seniors. Everyone else is coming back. Don't you made a great point. Don't fall into that trap because you have to improve. When when you look back, this team so far has won nine games. Uh the the nine games you won, you beat South Terrible who won like two or three games, you beat them three times. You beat Destrahan who won one, Assumption won one. And these other games, I mean, you were close, but uh you didn't win them. So don't fall into the trap and assume just because we have a lot coming back next year that you're going to have to have a great summer. And I think you're going to have to win. you got, you got to win games in the summer because if you don't, and it's just summer, but if you don't, they can start thinking it back their mind. Yep, here we go again. And, yeah, it, it's a – it's going to be a big summer for the Tarpons. Yeah, I agree. Most coaches really don't pay attention to the wins and losses a whole lot. But I think in South Lafouche's case, it is actually going to be a very big summer, and they're going to want to win some games. Let's catch a break when we get back. We'll talk a little bit of high school soccer, and then we'll open up the umbrella. we got a couple of local teams who are still competing for state championships, and it's all leading into Taylor Griffin at 12-15, who will be joining us uh, two segments from now. It's play-by-play. -play. We'll be right back after this on KLEB. As a leader in the oil and gas industry, Joe's Septic Contractors caters to oil field clients offering vacuum truck service for offshore tanks, vessels, or treatment plants containing sewage or gray water. Their rental department offers state-of-the-art offshore portable toilets with cages and certified safety slings for easy maneuvering. Also, holding tank rentals and portable hand-washing stations. Call Joe's Septic Contractors 24-7 in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fushaw, Abbeville, Reserve, Odessa, Texas, and Pascagoula, Mississippi. Visit joeseptic at viscom.net. 
Where do my friends and other students find their voice? We find our voice through the performing arts, along with millions of other high school students. By expressing yourself in a role on stage, through an instrument, or at the debate podium, the performing arts give us freedom to find ourselves, to find our place. The stage is where I can play, perform, and compete with my friends. Performing arts at your school is where creativity meets courage. Encourage the students in your life to find their voice through the performing arts. This message presented by the NFHS, where we encourage all students to play, perform, and compete together. It's Ram Truck Month at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Rams, long-lasting new pickups, or their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Whether you need a truck for work or home life, the Ram will do its job. Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. 3T Oil Change is an efficient quick loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines, brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through No appointment necessary. 3T Oil Change on Main Street and Cutoff. Call 798-7401. Proud supporter of South LaFouche Sports. 3T Oil Change says, Go Tarpons! have some local soccer teams that are two wins away from winning the state championship and we couldn't wish nothing but the best of luck to both of them uh in division two remember soccer does not have select or non-select so in division two girls we have the terrebonne tigers who are the number three overall seed won yesterday on mardi gras day two to one over north DeSoto. They now move to the semifinals at home on, let's see what day that's going to be. That's going to be Saturday. Saturday at 11 a.m., they're hosting number seven, Ben Franklin, for a chance to go to the state championship match. Ben Franklin in the quarterfinals, listen to this, you don't hear this often, in the quarterfinals beat Cattle Magnet 7-6. to six. Very high-scoring soccer match. Terrebonne taking on Ben Franklin at home in Homa on Saturday at 11 a.m. We also have another local team who is still fighting for the championship, and that's in Division Three for the boys. The Vanderbilt Terriers are the number two, or the number two overall seed. They got a two nothing win over Parkview. They're now taking on University Lab in the semifinals for a chance to go to the championship. That game will be Friday, I believe, at one o'clock. I will correct that if I'm wrong, but I'm ninety nine point nine percent sure that's Friday at one o'clock then Terrebonne is going to be at 11 a.m. on Saturday. Both teams at home, if you don't have anything to do, the weather should be beautiful. Go and watch those local teams try to punch tickets to the state championship match next week over at Strawberry Stadium in Hammond. Yep, good soccer once again in our area. Finishing on, Hopefully they can all finish on a strong note. No doubt about that. Um, Brian, where are our 
district, uh, not district, our um, division classification numbers. Remember when we have Coach LeBlanc on like three weeks ago now, and he said, oh, yeah, I expect those numbers tomorrow. Yeah, and uh, uh, still don't have them. Spoke do to him a few days ago, and he, they should have been out last week, according to what I guess the uh, information he was getting. Uh, still not out. Uh, you would assume it wouldn't be out the rest of this week with no school, I guess. And I think they uh, their offices, who knows, maybe closed or not. Isn't there going to have to be a cutoff date because, like. Bro, if South Lafouche goes from the 4A district to the 5A district, which is what's whispered might end up happening if we are districting by division, BJ's got to redo his entire football schedule. So it's February 14th, March 14th, April 14th, May 14th, three months left of school. Then you got a couple months of summer. Um, we kind of have to know here pretty soon because if, if BJ and, and some of the other schools around the state are going to be changing classifications, then you don't need a non-district game with Thibodeau and Central anymore because you're going to be in their district. you got to go find other schools and everybody else's schedules are made. There has to at some point be a cutoff date, right? Like they can't just say over the summer, all right, hey, uh, you guys are going to Division One. Like there's got to be a date and it's got to be coming up pretty soon, right? Because we're already getting pretty late in the game. Well, years past, May 1st was the date where football schools had to put their schedules online by May 1st. Uh, that's coming up. It's almost like they're waiting for some type of deflection. Like, uh, Sandy, um, I would would have thought during the Mardi Gras break, send the numbers out then. Or send them out during the uh, the girls' tournament the top 28, or during the boys' tournament, send them out, where it's kind of a, a little deflection, you know? They don't um, want us to pay attention to what they're doing. Yes. Uh, but I, I don't know. It, they should be coming out soon, if not this week. I mean, I would I would hope soon because the team's got a plan if, if changes are made. And – um I just I can't understand why not. What's the if you have the numbers? What are you waiting for? Or if there's discussions with concerning the numbers, why is these discussions not public? I mean, it's not like we just had everybody in the same room together a couple of weeks ago, right? Yeah, it, a lot of sense. Um, yeah, it, it, it's mind-boggling based on everything that that I'm hearing and you're hearing. I do think South Lafouche is going to still be Division One, So that would mean you're stuck in these big old playoff brackets with all the big dogs and the Zacharies and everything like that. That's, that's whatever. What would have to happen after that would be the vote to see whether or not we're going to district by division. And I got to tell you, um, we've talked about this privately, and then you know, I'll mention it on the air. There's only like 15, 20 schools that would be negatively impacted by this. When you're an association that has, what, 300, 400 schools, however many they have, they don't care about those 15 or 20 schools that are going to be left in the ditch, so to speak. So if that does come to a vote, I do think it's going to pass. The only thing that I think would maybe be interesting to see is do they keep it strictly a local district? Do they keep the river? Like, how would they do that? But again, we would have to be making these decisions in the middle of the spring, knowing that the next school year is going to be here before you know it. But you're making these decisions. Why can't a principal have a voice 
and what's going on if it affects their school. Why, why can't, you know, if, if South Lafourche is not happy with where they can be placed, why can't the principal go and, and, and voice their concerns? It seems like that won't happen. It's a very good or it question. Can't, not, not, it won't, can't happen. Not their fault. The LHSA is just not going to allow it. It's a very, very valid question, and it's one that unfortunately um, don't have the answer to. Uh, and I don't know that anybody around the state has an answer to it. Mike Barbo, whenever I saw him at basketball a couple weeks ago, he said the exact same thing. He said, what are they hiding? Why don't they just give us the numbers? Like, why don't they want us to see? Um, the later that we get, the more it leads me to think that there are some shenanigans that are going to be pulled that we're going to be expecting out of left field. And I hate to say that, right? Because I don't know that for sure. They might release the numbers tomorrow for all I know. But this is also the same organization that, changed the football season in the middle of the season two years ago. This is the same organization that had probably 70% of the basketball coaches as of last week not realizing that you get one point for winning a district championship. Um, So being confused and not knowing what's going on is kind of par for the course, unfortunately. But we got to get those digits at some point, man. Like The teams have to know what they're up against. Yeah, And what last year, if you can – Remember your great memory. I don't know about all that, but yeah. Let's just say basketball. Mm -hmm. You had teams that had a fight. Yep. What happened? Oh, you're suspended for six weeks or whatever it was, and yeah, you you got sat down, and if it happened before the playoffs, you're forfeiting every game, and yeah, all that. Well, this year, you got teams that had fights. What happened? Nothing. Oh, you can keep playing. What's the difference from year to year, from last year to this year? Why all of a sudden, oh, they're going to change it and, oh, well, uh, just not worry about it. Let, let them keep playing. Brian, we have caught a school recruiting for basketball. We have admitted that Tredez Green was recruited to Zachary to play basketball. Zachary has not been punished by the LHSAA for that. They just said, oh, y'all are busted. Uh, as long as the kid don't play, everything's good. What? Um, we are playing right now in basketball, knowing that one of the teams, if we don't get a higher court ruling, we will have a state champion who will have to forfeit their championship. Newman is going to win the select Division Three state championship playing ineligible players because some court got involved and some judge said y'all are good. This is going to go to a higher court later on who's not going to be local to Newman, who's going to side with the LHSAA, and they're going to have to forfeit their championship that they're going to win. We know going in that this is what's going to happen, but yet nothing is being done about it. Nope. Uh, I don't get it. Um, And big deal, forfeit after. Yeah, the kids know they won. Yeah, big deal. It's like telling me right now Reggie Bush never won a Heisman Trophy. Like, hell, he hasn't. No. We know he won a Heisman Trophy. Will, will their coach have to sit out? Don't know. Probably not. Don't know. That's um, It's very interesting how selective some of the enforcement is on some of this stuff. And for those who are saying right now, oh, well, they're innocent until proven guilty. Maybe they didn't do anything wrong. Ask every other school in New Orleans if, they, if they're running a clean program out there. They will all tell you. In fact, the reason why they had to play one, two, three, four, 
five, six, seven, eight, nine games against teams out of state because ain't nobody in New Orleans wants to play them because they're cheating their ass off. And kudos to those schools. We're yeah. not going to play them. But the Athletic Association is still going to let them win the state championship. I know a handful of them that are not done. I mean, <laughs> we're not playing them. It's, it's, They're not by the rules. We're not playing them. It's crazy. But that's the situation with which we are presented right now in the association. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to Taylor Griffin. Something tells me Turtle might be a little hoarse, might be a little tired. Something tells me he had a long day yesterday. He was a part of the Down the Bayou Parade crew. We'll have him in the next segment. It's play-by-play. Play. We'll be right back after this. Some people just have a knack for being there when you need them the most. Like your third-grade classmate who sticks up for you against that bully. The neighbor who gives you a jump start. And the friend who chases away that flock of geese at your outdoor wedding. Your State Farm agent has your back, too. Through good times and the not-so-good. And who's got your agents back? State Farm, the company people have trusted for more than 90 years. We're here to help life go right. Call State Farm agent Ashley Barrios and cut off today at 985-632-0988. What would you do if you had a broken bone? You'd go to the doctor and use your insurance, right? Well, what would you do if you have a serious problem with drugs and alcohol? Most people do nothing until it's way too late. Your insurance can help you get clean and sober with the assistance of a place like the Detox and Treatment Helpline. Many times, addiction treatment is fully covered. So why not use your insurance to treat your addiction problem just like you would if you had a broken bone? And with the Family Medical Leave Act, you're allowed to take time off by law, and your employer doesn't need to know the reason. So there are two good reasons. You've got insurance you can use for your addiction problem, and with the Family Medical Leave Act, it's completely confidential. Call now, 800-398-7414. That's 800-398-7414. Welcome to No Wake Outfitters, located in Metairie, just east of Causeway Boulevard. Your one-stop fly shop, kayak, and sportsman outfitters. You can check out our new kayak demos and our new pool and sea casting demonstrations. We have a new selection of functional and comfortable apparel from your favorite brands for the cooler weather. And our dedicated staff is here and ready to provide you with the knowledge to make an informed purchase. Come on in to check out some of our exclusive brands, such as Rugged Road, Turtle Box, Orvis, New Canoe, Old Town, and oh yeah, New Canoe 2022 kayaks are now 20% off. No Wake Outfitters, 1920. Six Airline Drive in Metairie. Welcome back to Play by Play here on Kaylee B. It is Hump Day, which means that we're making a trip to chat with our buddy, uh, Mr. Taylor Griffin, one of our broadcast colleagues here at Coastal Broadcasting. Turtle, how are we feeling today, brother? Not too bad, not too bad. I, I've been worse, but feeling good. How are y'all? Doing all right. Let, 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 it doesn't sound like you're doing great. Just your voice is a little hoarse, man. It was party time yesterday, bro. Talk about that. Did you have a wonderful ride? I saw some videos. I saw some pictures. Looked like you guys had a lot of fun. Tell us about the parade day yesterday, brother. Yeah, man. Uh, it was awesome. It was awesome. Uh, I rolled with the uh, crew of Neptune yesterday in Golden Meadow. Uh, People who organized it did a great job. The all the parade goers on the side of the road were uh, looked like they were having a good time, and they, they make it enjoyable for us. And uh, the particular float that I'm a part of, the the crew de macros, we uh, 
we did our thing and we partied extra hard and uh, we're all feeling way older than our mid-30s today. <laughs> I understand that, my friend. Uh, talk about that, dude. Look, I've never actually rode in a parade and someday I will. It's something that I aspire to do. That's got to be a huge adrenaline rush, man. You're turning the corner. You see all these people that are got their hands out. and like, Dude, that's got to be just such a fun feeling. It is, man. It, it really is. It's, uh, I, I don't know what the comparison I'm about to say feels like, but I could imagine it, it's got to be the closest thing to like feeling like a celebrity for a few hours. <laughs> just everyone smiling and waving to you and, and just, just begging for you know, beads or toys or whatever. And, you know, we do do everything you can. You know, whenever you see, uh, I, I try to make sure, you know, I'm throwing something every few seconds. I'm, try, I'm trying to touch every section. I may not be able to throw something to every person, but I'm trying to throw something to every section of people. And then, like, you know, you see some kids on, on a dad's shoulders, or, you know, let's find a hula hoop or a teddy bear or something. You'd see kids running around going crazy. You throw footballs, and, uh, man, you just – the smiles on people's faces over a bunch of, you know, some of it's, some of it's not that cheap, but most of it's cheap junk. And it's, uh, it's, it's just – it's funny to think about, but it's really cool to, to just uh, be a part of making, some, making people happy, man. It's, it's cool. That's why we love it. No doubt, dude. Look, the Tarpons wrap up their regular season for the boys on Friday against Vanderbilt. We had Brody Williams on earlier in the show, and, and he was stressing to us the importance of the offseason because, Taylor, you know this. Yeah, they're only losing two seniors, uh, Titan Alamo and, and, and Jarvis. Um, but if you just do the same thing over and over again, you're going to get the same result. Brody was saying the offseason is huge for them. Brian and I agree. What say you, man? It feels like this is a great opportunity to get bigger, faster, stronger. And usually, summer league games don't matter. Oh, if, he, if we win, great. If we lose, oh, oh well, it's all good. But Brian and I both agree this summer the Tarpons need to learn how to win some close games. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt, man. The offseason is huge. The offseason is where, you know, <clears throat> you, you, put, you put the work in that no one sees. You put the work in, you know, it's like uh, how, how hard are you going to work when nobody's watching type stuff. But, uh, but, of course, people will be watching. You know, it'll be, it'll be led by the coaching staff. And, uh, you know, it's – you go in and, and you work on the little things. I don't want to say that you don't have time to work on and practice during the season, but, you know, in reality, <clears throat> you got to start during the season. You know, sometimes you have to dedicate an hour of practice to the next opponent. Sometimes you got to dedicate, you know, 30 minutes to y'all miss too many damn free throws, y'all about to run a lot. You know, there's always, there's always something that gets in the way. You know, the summer you could focus a lot on the individual work. You could get in that weight room. You could, you could do all the plyometrics. You could, you know, do some some one-legged stadiums. You could do all these different things. And uh, you know, some of the post players, they can work on their post moves. Your, your shooters could could be getting up 500 shots a day. You know, they could learn how to work through the soreness and, and things like that. And uh, you know, you, you could get your guys with the pads and really, really beat on them in the lane and, you know, just teach guys how to finish through contact. All that stuff you can work on in the summer and really, uh, you know, it, it gets the guys pulling for each other. It gets them to bond. It gets them to get, you know, to get pumped up about, man, I can't wait till the actual season gets here. And it, bring, it brings the guys closer together as a team. I think the summer is a, a huge thing. The off season is huge. Um, no, no one should be taking it lightly, man. It's uh, 
it, it's a, it's all about setting the tone for the upcoming year. Bro, we got a huge local sporting event coming on Saturday. The McNeese Cowboys are making the trip down to take on the Nichols Colonels. As Nichols was finishing off the game with Corpus Christi, I'm saying my goodbyes, and a, a fan told me that McNeese has two fan buses that are coming to Thibodeau this weekend, so they're going to be doing their part to pack Stouffer. I think the Colonel Faithful will be doing their part to pack Stouffer. We've got first place versus second place. We've got Will Wade and his team that just won a game by 50-plus coming to town. Um, this should be a whole lot of fun. I expect as wild of a home crowd for Nichols as we've seen in a long, long time. Yeah, man, I absolutely cannot wait for that one. That's that's a huge game, huge implications, as you said, one versus two. Um, I had no idea about the fan bus coming, but, man, that makes it even more fun for everyone. When you talk about a loud loud atmosphere you know stofa gym for, for a gymnasium that's not an arena it's a pretty big gym you could pack a lot of people in there and if if they're going to bring their fan buses of people they're going to make their own noise and every bucket they hit is going to be huge they're trying to make it like a home atmosphere hopefully the people of Thibodeau and the students on campus show up and do their part um that's that's going to be a huge game, and I cannot wait to be a part of that atmosphere. I remember a few years ago when the Colonels were uh, playing to clinch the regular season Southland title versus UNO. Just so happened to be last game of the year. Just so happened to be, you know, tie for first. Whoever wins, wins it all. And that Stouffer Gym was nuts, man. It, it felt like a huge college arena atmosphere in there. Uh, I can't wait to see what happens Saturday when Will Wade and friends come to town. They're they're insanely good, brother. Uh, coming off of a 50-plus point win, they've got transfers from all over the place. But, man, the Colonels continue to impress as well. Against Corpus Christi on Monday, did so many things well. Made shots from the outside, uh, kept the lead in the second half, made plays in the paint when they needed to. Um, it's a team that continues to impress, man. You had Deontay Smith go for 20 on Monday. Robert Brown go for 18. Ireland had 12. Caressi was big off the bench. And they won a game, frankly, where Jamal West wasn't at his best. He only scored six points. It's just a team that could hit you from so many different directions, man. Yeah, you said it, man. That's exactly right. You know, you got so many great weapons. And if, if, one, if one guy happens to have an off night, it's like, don't worry, because four guys are having their on night tonight. Like, it's they're, they're so spread out. They're so so good across the board and then man just to see uh, i'm glad you mentioned omar caressi his progress throughout the season man he keeps getting better and better i remember like the first couple of games we went to man he was kind of he seemed like he might have been struggling to find his role find his place he, he didn't look exactly comfortable uh, in some of the moves he was he was trying to make uh but man the last couple of games he's he's really blossomed and he's really improved uh I'm excited to see, you know, how he's going to finish out this year, hopefully continuing to get better and stronger because, uh, man, it's, it's nice It's nice when you got a 6'10 guy who's as athletic as he is and quick as he is and, and just just so crafty with the ball. It's, uh, you know, it, it was it was hard for him to find his way early on, but, man, he's he's an awesome piece to the puzzle right now. Let's talk about the Super Bowl. It goes to overtime. Um, the fighting Taylor Swifts get the win. Uh, what did you think of the game, brother? Kansas City wins it. Mahomes gets his third ring. And how about this? 
Shanahan for the 49ers has now blown three double-digit Super Bowl leads. Two as a head coach, one as an offensive coordinator. Man, he's got to be sick to his stomach knowing that they had it in their grasp and let it get away. Yeah, man. Just uh, you got to feel for Shanahan. He's for that to happen to him that many times. Uh, you got to feel bad. You don't have a heart if you don't feel bad for the guy, regardless of what team you support. But, uh, man, the game overall, I thought the game was awesome. Um, you know, a little slow start in the beginning for the Chiefs, but, you know, they ended up chipping away and finding their way back. I honestly thought the Chiefs were going to blow out the 49ers, but as the first half was going on, I was kind of like, man, you know, the 49ers might, uh, might pull this one off. And then the Chiefs chip away, chip away, and then for such a good game, you know, for – for Brock Purdy, you know, the game manager who's, who's now proven himself to be an elite quarterback, who, who it's, time to, it's time for him to get some max pay, man. He's, he's, he's awesome. For, for them to lose this game because of uh, a number of things, obviously, but the things that stick out, you know, you got the muff punt. You got, uh, I think, didn't one of them miss a field goal or an extra point? Yeah, the, the 49ers got an extra point block. Yeah, the extra point was blocked. That's true. That's true. Um, sorry, my memory's a little fuzzy today. Uh, but yeah, for it to come down to just that, you know, that that's that's the moments we live for, just as as fans of the game. Like, man, something, and, and, and you feel for the guys, you know, on the negative end of it. But it was a it was a great game. It was a, it was an awesome game overall, beginning to end. Uh, overtime in the Super Bowl is, is is cool just because it's it's so rare. <laughs> uh, it was awesome, man. And uh, Patrick Mahomes, he's uh, really cementing himself. Like like people don't realize we're uh, we're living in history right now. You know, pending some sort of freak accident or some horrible mismanagement from higher ups. Man, this guy, this guy might pass up Brady. Like I know it's early, but I mean, good lord, he's he's something really special. Love him or hate him, can't deny the talent and just figuring it out when he needs to and making plays when he when he needs to. Hats off to Mahomes. The the big social media debate right now that I'm seeing everywhere on Twitter is is Mahomes closer to Brady? Than LeBron is closer to Jordan. What say you? Because I, I think Jordan has a pretty sizable gap over LeBron. I think a lot of LeBron's um, stats and everything is based on longevity, which it's incredible that he's still playing well at 39. But I tend to think Mahomes is closer to Brady at, for that top spot than LeBron is to Michael for basketball's top spot. Uh, man, that, that's interesting. That's interesting because um, yeah. It, Hard to disagree, yeah. I think Mahomes is closer to Brady. And and it's a shame, you know, LeBron, love him or hate him, yeah, it's amazing that he could still do what he does. Uh, there's just been some things he's done, the way he's handled certain things that, like, you, you push away the gap, you know. he. Uh, that's why people just say, oh, he'll never be Jordan because, I mean, some people are hard-headed and just, Jordan is Jordan, and there'll never be anyone else. But when you when you really dig deep, when you really look into it, um, there's a few things you could point out, and and you know th- this these are legit reasons why LeBron is probably never going to get there. But yeah, with that being said, Mahomes, I think he is 
I think he is very much closer to Brady than LeBron is to Jordan. That's uh, that's an interesting topic. I never thought of it that way, but it, you're absolutely right. Bro, I thought by and large the Super Bowl commercials sucked. Um, and, and Brian and I talked about this on Monday. I think it's because we're a society that gets so easily offended that we don't know what comedy is anymore and we're afraid to piss somebody off when we do something funny. Uh, so that was the first thing. What did you think of the commercials? And then the second thing is, Bro, I was jamming out for the halftime show, Usher. I mean, you're the same age as me, uh, Usher. That brings us back to middle school and early high school. I thought the halftime show was incredible. What say you? It certainly was. It, it was. And, and look, the thing about the commercials, um, I, I used to, at one point in life, I would watch the Super Bowl for the commercials only if I didn't have a dog in the fight, if I didn't have a reason to care. But, I mean, I really appreciated the game for what it was uh, this year. It, it was a really good football game, and the commercials are just kind of forgettable. Like, I'm glad you didn't put me on the spot and ask me what my favorite one was because <laughs> I can't even rem- – like, the only one I could remember is Michael Sarah advertising for the CeraVe uh, skincare or whatever. And, like, it wasn't even that funny. Just the commercials are so bad; they were just forgettable. There, there was just no reason to remember any of them. And yeah, it's got to be like y'all said. I guess people are just, you know, scared to push their own buttons, scared to offend their own person. And uh, you know, comedy is just a lost art unless unless you're going into like a stand-up situation. Um, the the commercials are pretty terrible. Uh, as far as the halftime show goes, yeah, I loved it. I loved it. Um, it's uh man, I saw an interesting uh, meme or whatever on a uh, social media recently. It's uh, you know, you're getting old when when two years in a row you are the target audience for the Super Bowl halftime show. Yep. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the reality's setting in. But um, man, I really enjoyed it. You know, Usher was always great. It was cool for him to bring out uh, you know, all the different uh, got Jermaine Dupree, uh, Alicia Keys, Lil John, Ludacris. We had our own joke cracking on Ludacris about how far he'd come, you know, performing in Thibodeau last year. We saw that guy in person, and here he is at the Super Bowl halftime show. But, uh, I mean, he's been an international megastar forever. But, uh, Usher, uh, man, my only complaint, if there is anything to complain about, I know the time frame is limited, I wish we'd get at least a full verse of some songs. I understand they got to squeeze a lot into a small amount of time, and it's kind of like a uh, you know a little medley that just rolls one thing into another. But these little seven to ten second teases of certain songs, like man, give me one verse or leave it out. That's the only thing I could complain about. But overall, Usher, his music, his performance, everyone that came with it, very satisfied. I was I was really happy. I enjoyed it. There we go. Look, man, in WWE we got all sorts of stuff going on. Um, We've had a WrestleMania press conference where we thought The Rock and Cody would be kind of double-teaming Roman. Oh, no. We got The Rock and Roman who are double-teaming Cody. Um, The Rock apparently is a heel now. Apparently, instead of challenging the Tribal Chief, he is working with the Tribal Chief. Still don't know exactly what the WrestleMania card's going to be or how this looks. They're both appearing Friday on SmackDown, Rock and Roman, that is. I can't wait to see. The last SmackDown rating was huge, like 2.7 million people, huge. It's going to be another big number Friday, brother. I can't wait to see what the next chapter in this story is going to be. Yeah, man. The uh, 
the long-term storytelling that the WWE is on right now is just incredible. Um, I can't wait for Friday Night SmackDown, just like you, just to see, you know, what uh, what Rock and Roman are gonna bring to the table and talk about. Um, but yeah, the, some of the latest articles and rumors and 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 posts on social media, man, we may be leaning towards one of the nights of WrestleMania main event. I mean, if they have to pivot again, don't be surprised if we get like. Rock and Roman versus Cody and Seth on night one. You know, something you, you can't put anything past these guys. They already had to pivot when they saw the reaction of just bringing the Rock back and taking the match from Cody. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked again if, if, they, uh, if, they, if they pivoted towards that. But even if that doesn't happen, man, it's going to be super interesting to see this story play out. I mean, you... If you do something like that, you could lock The Rock in for another year, and he'll be back in Mania again next year. Maybe then he'll finally face Roman Reigns. But, you know, this year is Cody's year. Uh, I guess he's going to finish his story and beat Roman at some point. We'll see. If I mean, if not, they could continue to drag this on for, <laughs> for months and months and months to come. Uh, I'm super excited about it, man. I, I, I can't wait to see what happens. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I don't have any lean either way, uh, but I do know this, man. If you get Roman Reigns, The Rock, and Paul Heyman all in a ring together, all spitballing on the mic, whew, that thing's going to be smoking, man. Poor Cody. He's going he's gonna to take a verbal beating on Friday. <laughs> yes, he will. Yes, he will. Uh, good or bad, The Rock on the microphone is absolutely incredible. He's uh, he's one of the best, if not the best, with uh, with the promos. And then you get Paul Heyman in there in the mix. I mean, he's he's awesome at what he does. Um, Heel Rock is a pretty damn entertaining rock, even if uh, you're supposed to root against the man. He's must-see TV. I'm excited to, th- to see this side of him again. Now, by the time his... New story is over with. I'm sure he'll be back on the good side of the fans. But right now, him fully embracing heel Hollywood rock, I'm here for it, man. Let's enjoy the ride. No doubt about that, brother. Look, uh, before we let you go, um, let, let's talk about, uh, let's see what we got here. Oh, yeah, I want to ask you about the situation at the Super Bowl with Kelsey. Um, look, one of the best players of all time, maybe the best tight end of all time goes and kind of has a temper tantrum and kind of bumps Andy Reid. And, and, you know, he has since apologized. Andy Reid has since said it's no big deal. But it is very highly talked about and debated on social media. Some people have said, you know, he should have been benched or he should be fined. Or What are your thoughts, man? You've coached before and you've also played where I'm sure your emotions got the best of you. What are your thoughts on that crazy situation there at the Super Bowl? Um. It's hard to give an educated answer, honestly, because I I didn't play or coach at a higher level than high school. You know, if I were to do something like that as a player, I would expect to be benched, possibly suspended, run till I throw up, run till my legs don't work anymore. We're going to have a long heart-to-heart. There's going to be some apologies, probably some tears shed. I mean, that's totally different than on that professional level when in reality you know the players are bigger than the coaches um 
with that, with what Kelsey did, outlook, man, I'm not defending it. I'm simply saying I don't know how to give the best answer. But just a theory here, you know, he's there for a reason. They're in the Super Bowl for a reason because, yeah, the money's nice, but he, he really wants to win. And he that's his way of showing that he wants to win more than anybody else out there. And he and Andy Reid probably have a really special relationship. I mean, this isn't a this isn't a coach and a teenager here. This is, you know, a coach and yeah, somebody who is young enough to be his son, but still a grown man on a professional level. What Kelsey did, well, I mean, yeah, he he lost it for a second. He snapped. He went at his coach in what some people would see as a disrespectful way. Um, I'm I'm pretty much also calling it, yeah, it does look disrespectful, but at the end of the day, those guys got to hash it out and be like, look, man, you got to leave me in in these situations or that situation wouldn't happen. You know, we've talked about this before. I promised you I'd get us to the victory. You know, I, I guaranteed you that if somebody's, you know, if I'm out there, whoever's on, on my side of the field, you know, nothing bad's going to happen. And with him being out and then the Chiefs losing the ball, I mean, he just he snapped. He snapped on his coach. And it's it's a case, I think, it's a case of nobody wants it more than me. Don't ever do that to me again. We together should know better. Now, you know, you can't get away with that on the high school level. You shouldn't be able to get away with it on the college level. But on the professional level, man, things are just different. I've never been in that world. And I guess that's the best educated answer I could give. I can tell you this, if I did it to Coach Colley when I was playing for him, I know it wouldn't turn out that good. You'd still be running. Yeah, it'd still be running. (laughs) (laughs) If anybody would have did that to me when I was coaching, it wouldn't have been good to them either. But, uh, you know, just, man, different levels, different really tough comparisons to come up with the best answer. But, uh, I mean, I don't like it, but I'm sure – those guys have their reasons for why it's okay. There you go. Look, brother, we thank you so much for the time. We'll see you around, man. Yep. Thanks again for having me. And as always, go Tarks, and God bless America. That is Taylor Griffin doing a good job, as always. He's fired up about the WrestleMania stuff, as am I. Can't wait to watch SmackDown on Friday. Uh, We did have the apology from Travis Kelsey today. Um, It actually just posted on ESPN.com. He said... Jason Kelsey first, Travis's brother, said, bro, you crossed the line. I think we could both agree. The brothers have a, a have a podcast together, by the way. That's the reason why they're talking publicly about this. And Jason said to Travis, you crossed the line. I think we could both agree on that. Travis said, I, I did. I can't get that fired up to the point where I'm bumping coach and it's getting him off balance and stuff. And then he went on and on and said that they had a great that they do have a great relationship and sometimes their emotions get the best of one another. Um, but he apologized for it and said that he and Andy Reid have since talked about it and they've chuckled about it and that it's not a big deal. Uh, Travis Kelsey said, I immediately wished I could take it back um, as soon as that happened. And then he said Coach Reid came up to him and didn't have any harsh words for him. I was expecting to get a bleep and bleep chewing, um, but he said, hey, man, I love your passion. Got cameras all over the place. You just don't want to do things to get other people fired up. So looks like, though it looked awful and still think he should probably face some fines or some different things for that, 
looks like there is still a honeymoon time in Kansas City and that Andy Reid has gotten over it, Travis Kelsey's gotten over it, and uh, hopefully we don't see anything crazy like that ever again. I don't believe him. I don't think he regretted it right away. You don't? No, because his comments after, I was mic'd up, you're going to see what I said, and I, I really don't I don't think he regretted it right right away. I have often said, and people don't realize this, right, that every NFL player on every Sunday is mic'd up, every one of them. The sidelines, all the benches, they're hot-wired, and all of the footage goes to NFL films at the end of every Sunday. This would never happen because it would break up locker rooms and it would change the way that we as fans view some of these people. But if the NFL network or NFL films rather ever released a subscription service where you could go back and listen to some of the things that are said during the course of a game, I would pay whatever it is that they charged to get access to that. Because can you imagine some of the conversations that these people have during the games, some of the things they're saying about their teammates, about players on the other team, about officials, about whatever, that would be the most entertaining thing. Like I can imagine that the people who work for NFL films probably have the best job in the world because they know all of the secrets. They know where all of the bodies are buried. That would be such fascinating stuff to see and hear exactly what was said. To see and hear back in the day when Terrell Owens would throw a temper tantrum at his quarterback and his coach, what is he saying during those moments? That would be the most profitable streaming service in the history of streaming services if they release that. They never will, but if they would, my God, talk about a billion-dollar business. Well, look, you get a piece of that on the show Inside the NFL yep. where they have a few players mic'd up where they get the, the footage and – and they play it. So, yeah, I think it would be great to uh, – very entertaining to uh, <laughs> to hear some of those things. Your boy LeBron was in the news today, apparently at the trade deadline. The Golden State Warriors tried to make a bid to trade for LeBron James. Draymond Green was spearheading the effort. And Golden State owner Joe Lacob reached out to Lakers owner Jeannie Buss to inquire whether James's public frustration could be moved into a possible trade. You kind of sort of like the Warriors. Boy, that would have sucked for you. <laughs> Having LeBron go to Golden State? He would have been playing with Curry and Draymond. To me, that would have been the mo my most hated team ever because I don't like LeBron. I don't like Draymond Green. I think he's a phony. Don't like much about Golden State. But my God, if they would have put LeBron on that roster, man, they would have been like the wrestling bad guys, bro. Everybody would have been hating those dudes. It would have been easy for me. I'd be the number one hater of that team. LeBron, I wouldn't watch him. LeBron is year to year right now. He has player options every year. The rumor on the street is that he is going to decline his player option this offseason as a means of telling the Lakers, hey, you're going to do exactly what I tell you to do or I'm going to leave. My thing is this, man. The dude's 39. And, yeah, he is still effective and blah, blah, blah. He's averaging 25 points a game and, seven rebounds and 7.8 assists. He's still incredibly effective. But no longer is he the superhero of years past where he's the best player in the sport. And if he were the best player in the sport still, 
the Lakers wouldn't be 29 and 26 and wouldn't be struggling. If I'm the Lakers this offseason and he pulls this BS of, hey, I'm opting out and you're going to do exactly what I tell you to do or I'm leaving, I'm saying, all right, dude, later. Like, I ain't getting into the game of drafting his kid and all this shenanigans that he's got. His kid's terrible. Let's start there. His kid shouldn't go pro at the end of the year. Let's start with that. But if he starts playing this BS of, all right, well, you got to trade this guy and you got to get that guy and you got to sign this dude, bye. Go do that somewhere else. You wanted to play for the Knicks, apparently. You wrapped your neck in a Knicks towel the other night. Leave. Don't know that the Lakers will have the stones to do that. No way. That won't happen. But at the end of the day, they are the Lakers, right? Like, they're going to be okay no matter how it goes. Every time the Lakers have rebuilt, they just went and got another star. Shaquille O'Neal, they go from Magic to Shaq and Kobe. And before Magic, it was Jerry West and... That's what the Lakers do. They're the only team, I think, in the NBA who could afford to tell him, we don't like how you're doing this. Bye. Leave. They're the only team that could survive it. I would like to see it. I would like to see it, too. I don't think it will happen, but... We'll see. We got a 39-year-old disgruntled LeBron James who's almost traded to the Warriors, who's a free agent at the end of the year, and... Not happy because the Lakers are three games above 500 and on and on. Oh, I want to play with my son. And there's just so many different things there. It's a mess, man. Hopefully, um, hopefully the Lakers do stand up to them in the offseason because they deserve better than that crap. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we'll wrap up today's show. Scanning the headlines. We thank Turtle for his time in the last segment. We'll be right back after this. Hi, I'm Ashley Otan with Bless Your Heart Nonprofit. Please join us for Talk on the Bayou the second Wednesday of every month. Our mission is to enrich lives and inspire hope by addressing social, educational, and financial needs to support our great community. Your business is as unique as Southeast Louisiana. People, culture, family. We know what it means to be local. Rev is your local communications provider with support teams that live and work in the same Louisiana communities we serve. Customer first localism is truly in our DNA. Our promise is to bring your business the reliability and local support you deserve. We've been connecting communities in Louisiana for 85 years and we're ready to serve you and your business. Rev Business. Whether taking on large commercial landscapes or your own backyard, let Steel help with your pursuit of the perfect cut. Introducing Steel's zero-turn mowers for homeowners and pros with a wide range of features and options like our advanced four-wheel suspension system and 0% financing available. It's time to let the pursuit begin. Real Steel. Find yours at steelusa.com slash zero-turn. Available at select dealers. Financing available on qualifying purchases and subject to credit approval. See dealer for details. Welcome to No Wake Outfitters, located in Metairie, just east of Causeway Boulevard. Your one-stop fly shop, kayak, and sportsman outfitters. You can check out our new kayak demos and our new pool and sea casting demonstrations. We have a new selection of functional and comfortable apparel from your favorite brands for the cooler weather. And our dedicated staff is here and ready to provide you with the knowledge to make an informed purchase. Come on in to check out some of our exclusive brands, such as Rugged Road, Turtle Box, Orvis, New Canoe, Old Town, and oh yeah, new canoe 2022 kayaks are now 20% off. No Wake Outfitters, 1926 Airline Drive in Metairie. When you're sick, you want to be close to home. 
World-class medicine doesn't require a trip to the city because the best care is close to home at Thibodeau Regional. We're continually adding new services, and our team of physicians has grown to more than 250. That's a lot of doctors. More doctors, more services, treating more conditions. And keeping more families healthy. World-class medicine, right here, close to home at Thibodeau Regional. Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top-of-the-line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackage. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, Looking for a deal? Well, Golden Motors has the deals for you. The hottest SUV on the market is in stock and coming. The 2024 36 MPG Chevy Trax. Come see them at Golden, and you will be amazed at the room and comfort of this unique, eye-appealing, and affordable SUV. Golden Motors. Price is priority. Chevy together. Let's drive. Fresh after winning the Super Bowl, the Kansas City Chiefs have signed their defensive coordinator, Steve Spagnolo to a contract extension that will keep him in Kansas City long-term. It's a good decision there. Um, how is it that Spagnolo has been one of the best coordinators in the history of the sport, but yet when he was in New Orleans for one year, the Saints had the worst defense in NFL history? How is that? And literally, I'm not just saying that exaggerating. Literally, they gave up more yards than any other team in NFL history that year. How is that even possible? Like, players? He's got better players where he's at now. So then it just goes to show that maybe Matt House at LSU isn't a jackass after all. Maybe he just didn't have very good players. It's possible to yeah. have a coordinator struggle if they don't have the right personnel, right? Yes. Just was something that caught my eyes. Like, I don't know that I've ever seen anybody recover from something that bad. I mean, the Saints literally were the worst defense in history in that year, and he has landed on his feet and is now widely regarded <laughs> as amongst the best coordinators in the entire sport again. Players. That's yeah, unbelievable. Speaking of players, the Chicago Bears have the number one pick in the NFL draft. Uh, via Carolina, who gave up the number one pick in the draft to, to get Bryce Young. What a mistake. Um, the Bears are rumored to be weighing a couple of different options. Do they, A, keep Justin Fields, trade the pick, and try to get a king's ransom from somebody from a quarterback-desperate team that's going to be maybe looking to get Caleb Williams or May or... Jaden Daniels or whoever, or do you B, trade Justin Fields, get a little bit less of a King's ransom, and then still get your guy number one overall? Justin Fields is a difficult guy to figure out because there are some games where he looks really good and he's running and 
getting 100 yards rushing and he's accurate and, and he's doing great things. There are other games where he looks god-awful and the Bears are 2-15 and 15 as proof of that. Though he did have some injuries this season and didn't play in the full allotment of games. One of the teams, or two of the teams that are reportedly interested in Justin Fields are Atlanta and Pittsburgh. So, my question to you, Mr. Kyle, is if you were running the Chicago Bears, would you try to, you know, take over somebody's draft for the next three or four years and get multiple first-round picks and give up on the chance to get the quarterback and run it back with Fields? Or would you go away from Fields and go ahead and take you Caleb Williams and kind of start fresh? I could see it either way. How would you do it? Hmm. I think I would get rid of uh, Fields. Yeah? And if that's the guy you want in the draft, you go in and draft him and get something for Fields. I mean, look, two and whatever you just said. Two and 15. You got to move on. If Justin Fields went to Atlanta, would you consider the Falcons the favorites to win the NFC South next year? Because, my God, he fits that offense really, really well. But John Robinson and, and that guy, um, would you fear Atlanta if Fields went into the division? Yes. I don't know if they'd be the favorites with Tampa still, but um, better off than the Saints. So do you think that going into the season, Tampa's the favorites in the division still? You don't think it's New Orleans? You don't think that the, some of the things that the Saints have done and they got rid of Carmichael and – they're going to try to retool a little bit. You don't think they're they, they're not the favorite? I think they got the best quarterback in the division, right? Or is, is Carr not better than make Baker Mayfield? Or what do you think? No way Saints are not the, they're not the favorite. No? You don't think? You think? I, I Man, don't know. I don't know. Let, let's see if they got a loss. I think it's going to be close between they and Tampa. Because, dude, Brian, I think the Saints were the best team in the division this year. They had the the best uh, points for versus points against spread. They had the best margin. They just blew their a damn schedule. Game against... Yeah, their schedule. It, it they should have won. They didn't. Yeah, you're right about that. They did have a, a very very easy schedule. Let's see if there are some betting props on division champions next year. Yet, let's see. I could tell you that Super Bowl odds have New Orleans next year as a seventy five to one bet. And they have Tampa as a 75-1 to bet. So that says Mm. Vegas thinks they're even. But Vegas has Atlanta at 50-1. to So Vegas thinks Atlanta is the best team in the division. Carolina is 250-1, to rightfully so, because their quarterback is terrible. Um, So Vegas thinks that Atlanta is going to make a move here um, and and get better in the offseason. But they do think that the Saints and the Bucks are kind of even, which which is a little bit interesting. Did you see the Derek Carr zombie Mardi Gras? Oh, yes. Yep. I'll tell you this, bro. Um, I like the way that Derek Carr handled that. Um, It would have been very easy to get all angry and boudade and, oh, man, my, my own city's not standing up for me. He laughed it off, and on social media he said, hey, I can't lie, this depicts exactly what I felt like the first half of the season so I understand. So for those who are not familiar, at the Knights of Chaos Parade in New Orleans, um, there was a Mardi Gras float with Derek Carr looking like a ghost. He's got only one arm. The other arm has been ripped off. He's bloody. He's bruised up. 
And then on the front of the float, it had fourth down and 90 million to go. <laughs> um, at least he found a little humor in it. But boy, I don't know that the city is all that optimistic either when you see things like that. But why, if he felt that way, why was he playing? Good question. Winston was that bad? Oh, I think Winston's that bad. <laughs> oh. I do think Winston is that bad. Um, but then again, that brings up the question, if you're paying somebody who's that bad, why is he somebody that continually is your backup over and over and over again, year after year? Don't know the answer to that one either. How long Winston's going to be in New Orleans? After what he pulled in the last game of the season, he should already be yeah, out of New Orleans. Shouldn't be much longer. Um, but apparently he's beloved. I saw it on Twitter. Oh, he's at the Mardi Gras parades. And, oh, if you love New Orleans, New Orleans is going to love you back. And I like guys who actually could perform on Sunday and who are not making headlines based on what they're doing at a Mardi Gras parade. But that's just me. Maybe I have a higher standard. Maybe yeah. I'm just a hater and like what, you know, or, or like what many people Well, you think. are a hater, but um, – yeah, I, I like my quarterbacks to throw touchdown passes and, you know, not catch beads and be known for eating their fingers and all that crazy stuff. But, you know, that's just me. The Pelicans are at home tonight taking on the Washington Wizards. They're 32-22. and 22. The Wizards are god-awful, 9-44 and 44 on the season, which means look out. <laughs> yeah, big boy. The Pelicans are 12-and-a-half-point favorites tonight and will be trying to get to 11 games above 500. It's a big opportunity for them. Uh, my Clippers are on ESPN tonight, taking on the Golden State Warriors. Kawhi Leonard not in the lineup. Here we go. He's got a – it's a minor injury, but he's not going to be in the lineup tonight as they take on Golden State. Uh, I'm going to rant with this, and then we'll wrap up, and then we'll close out the show. I'm getting tired of Matt McMahon at LSU, man. Um, I went into the year saying, well, if it's a little bit better this year, then you know he probably deserves another year, and – I did all the excuse-making and all the different things that fans do. LSU lost to Florida last night, 82-80. to And LSU played hard. They fought. They really did. Um, but they were down 12 at the end of the first half. I don't know what's available. I don't know if they could get anything better. But I know this. If I'm Scott Woodward I, right now, I'm doing my due diligence and I'm sending some emails and I'm trying to get a feel for what's out there. Because you're going to finish below 500 again this year, man. You won some cheap early season conference games. You're now in the meat of your schedule. You're not going to be above 500. It, it's painful to watch. This is not a basketball team that's very fun to watch. They've hit the transfer portal hard. A lot of the guys that they've gotten are not contributing like they thought that they would. I hate to do this to them, but that seat's got to be starting to get a little bit warm, man. Especially with what the previous guy did in McNeese in one year. What Mulkey did in just a handful of years, he's got to be on the hot seat, man. He's, he's got to be. Yeah, and look, how how they lost. They're down 20, came back and had a chance to win it, but you're down 20 in the second half. Yeah, just just tough, man. You don't block out on a free throw and at the end. Connecticut tonight, the number one team in the country, is facing 3-20. and 20. DePaul, what the hell has happened to DePaul? They're 3-20. and 20. And along those same lines, Georgetown, big, proud program, 8-16. and 16. We've got Oof. some blue blood programs in college basketball that are struggling. My Tar Heels lost last night to the Syracuse Orange. They've been struggling. Um, I know it's a broken record, and we say it all the time. 
just tear my bracket up now, man. Like all of these teams are the same. Um, if you told me that Alabama, who's 15th right now, would get hot and would make a run, I wouldn't be surprised. If you told me that Alabama would be a three seed and would lose to the 14th seed in the opening round, I wouldn't be surprised. This thing is wide open. Did you see they're trying to change the NCAA tournament? Nope. Um, We'll talk about this more tomorrow because I do think it's a good topic. They are trying to expand and add more teams into the NCAA tournament. Jeez. That's what I said. We already got 68. Um, does the 69th place team really have to make? But anyway, we'll discuss that more tomorrow and give you some details because I thought it was really interesting as well. Let's thank Brody Williams for the time. Let's thank Taylor Griffin for the time. And let's also thank you guys for the time here on this Ash Wednesday. Hope everybody has a wonderful day. Tonight, I will be going to Central Lafouche. I will be watching the Trojans play a huge game with Hanville. Um, Thursday, I and I don't remember my schedule. I think I found the game Thursday. That I'll be uh, heading on out to, and then Friday we got South Lafouche against Vanderbilt. Saturday, Nichols and McNeese. Sunday, there's college baseball and Homa. So my rest of my schedule is booked to the gills for the week, and we hope everybody uh, enjoys the rest of their weeks as well. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening. It's been Play by Play. Adios. Have a great day. You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow.